Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. <laughs> Today's episode of The Other Stories is Waifs, written by Dee Booth and narrated by Georgia Cook. The girl in this photograph, her name is Marie Boucher. You know this, because across the white panel at the bottom of the square image, that name is written. It doesn't seem likely that Marie wrote it herself. This hand is sure and forward slanting. The pressure so confident that the pen point has engraved the paper with its on-guard T. Marie looks softer than that. Marie looks more the 2B type, with her white heart-shaped face and her pink heart-shaped lips, her dark hair hanging and her broad cheekbones. This is what you see in this picture. Her disheartened eyes, scolding you for noticing them first, for not seeing what is important. She's pretty. She's certainly pretty. The woman turned the photograph over in her golden hands and regarded the square black back, as if expecting there to be additional information written there. She turned back to the image side and shuffled again through the handful of casting Polaroids, pursing and smoothing her lipstick mouth against her teeth, pursing and smoothing, deep in thought. She continued to the man at her side. Marie Boucher. But is she now... The man shook a pen between two fingers, until it became a fan-shaped blur. He looked at his hands, at the tabletop, not up. What she done? Uh, magazines? Any catwalk? London. Spring collection. Uh, Holly Fulton, the silk jersey monochrome print. Oh, uh, yes, I remember. The man did not sound as if he remembered. 
He dropped his pen on the desk and pressed his fingertips to his eyelids. I remember her more than the collection. The woman nodded. She slipped the glossy image labelled Marie Boucher to the back of a second pile. We can't use her. She takes attention away from the designs. Agreed. Who's next? We have... Andrea Polisi. The man took the next offered image and peered. Oh yes, much better. Much, much better. Not so loud. Marie checked behind her, looking towards the now open door where an assistant was beckoning curtly. Behind him, a girl cast like a shadow against the apple-white wall. With effort not to make a sound, Marie inched back the plastic chair she was perched on and stood, scuttling to the exit with a parting glance unnoticed by the agents. First shelf. Nothing. Second shelf. Nothing appealing either. Marie picked out sardines canned in chilli tomato sauce and peeled back the ring-pour lid to eat them from the can in delicate forkfuls. When Marie felt hungry, all she could think of was couture. Ruffles like cream and icing precise piping. The red wine fall of satin splashing across the catwalk. Biscuit-based separates in oak-textured tweed. She wasn't trying to diet. It was just her calling. Fashion was her nourishment, her entertainment, her everything. The thing was, Marie Boucher really, really loved clothes. When she'd finished school with quiet grades, Marie had told people she wanted to be a fashion designer. Her friends applauded her, her teachers hid smiles, and her parents raised their voices after dinner in favour of real work design was real work. It was hard. Marie struggled through fashion portfolio in a foundation-level wash of muddy ink sketches and pricked fingers. You're so pretty, though, people told her. You could be a model. She worked weekends in retail, ringing up sales of high street versions of the clothes she should have been creating. It supplemented her parents' payment of fees, but it didn't stem their complaints. On the other side of the counter, plain teens gawked at her one-track poise. Boys worked hard designing creative ways to ask for her telephone number. When her foundation year finished, Marie applied for an honours degree in fashion design and development, even though research methods and concept initiation baffled and bored her. She just needed her ideas made real. But her grades were mundane, and her portfolio muddled. No clear, marketable path defined. The sample she produced somehow never seemed to fit right. Maybe not the ideal career path for you, the interviewer suggested gently. Perhaps consider retail management? They said, You're very pretty. Perhaps I could be a model, Marie agreed. When you model, you bring alive someone else's vision. That was one way to look at it. Another was, in Marie's experience, that models were little more than animated clothes hangers. She was so pretty, but she was so little often right. She wasn't expressive enough, or else she pulled the wrong faces. She put her feet out of line. She was too obtrusive. Really, she was none of these things, or rather, all models are these things. Marie was as good at showcasing clothes as any of her peers. 
and what clothes? Suedette fringes like peach skin on budget brand festival frocks. The popcorn bobble of autumn winter kitsch yuletide knitwear. Marie pouted for the cameras and blanked for the runway and worked her way up wishing for high-end designer gowns. The lettuce crisp of starch satin between her fingers. The edging of filigree lace, stiff as spun sugar. No, all wrong. Marie let her mind wash clear and fixated on the feeling of the satin rosettes beneath her palms. Go again, the photographer's voice instructed her. She lifted her chin, set her hands at a jauntier angle on her blossomed hips. The studio, with its sheeted walls and hidden kitchenette, might as well have existed for someone else. She was transported. No good, no good. Marie's exhale of breath was not impatience. It was dismay. Never good enough. No, not the dress. The dress is perfect. Her, her hair is wrong. Yes, I know that was what we discussed, but I see it now. As two stylists descended to pluck at her, Marie tried very hard to disappear. Marie tried very hard indeed. More than that, she worked very hard. Standing around wearing an ever-changing array of delicious clothing that it rotated like dishes on a chitin sushi go-around takes not only talent, but also practiced skill. It's a matter of stamina and patience. These outfits will not wear themselves, and Marie had both patience and stamina in bellyfuls. She could stand still as a sculpture, walk with long gliding strides whilst appearing to not be moving her feet. She could rival a Volto mask for expression when she tried. Oh, sorry, I didn't see you there. Marie smiled slightly at the woman who, squinting, continued, Are you meant to be here? She gestured around her at the pieces prepared for display, and Marie nodded a non-committal nod. I'm modelling at the collection tomorrow. Right, sorry, uh, why did you need to be in here right now? She must have been an assistant to someone, or more likely an organiser. Marie said, Do you know who'll be wearing which outfit? And the woman looked at her as if she'd asked if there was any chance of bowing a couple. Which are you interested in? in particular. That dress. She got the sarcasm okay, but then Marie was used to being talked down to. The dress wasn't hanging like most of the other pieces, wrapped in plastic on the racks of freestanding rails. It was displayed on a form, and the chilly fluoro lights leaking in from the adjoining corridor, the dress looked alive, draped in potential. Its contoured velvet held the shadows, deep red as dead meat. The diaphanous puff of stuff at the shoulders shimmered in the dim light like a fine hanging mist of blood. The woman shuddered. The whole room was suddenly as cold as a walk-in freezer. She said, haltingly, It looks about your size. Don't hold your breath, though. Then, with an exaggerated head-jerk of a gesture, she ushered Marie from the room. Marie had wanted to stay and looked longingly back at the dress, snug in the darkness. As the door closed on it, it seemed to be waiting. The woman turned off each light in turn as they walked down the corridors towards the exit, the building tipping dark like dominoes behind them. When they were almost at the foyer, Marie hung back and the woman kept going. She gave one confused-looking glance behind her, 
her hand poised on the last light switch. And then she shook her head and Marie heard the pop of the last light and the blind rattle of keys. Marie held her breath and hoped. She prayed to the gods of Versace and McQueen. When the door clicked shut and the beeps of the burglar alarm ceased, its red eye blinking blindly at her passing, she crept back along the corridor and let herself into the dressing room. In the tailored dark, the walls seemed to breathe. She sensed the dress like a watching thing. When she found it and laid her hands on it, it was warm. Two minutes, okay, two minutes. Where's makeup? Get me Rob over here, now! Andrea, then Mina, then... Okay, Andrea, then Stephanie, then Mina. Who's in the red gespenced gown? Marie, where is she? I'm here. It started as a ripple that became a wave as every head turned to gape in awe at Marie in the red dress. A terrible, breath-stealing dress of saturated scarlet, like a heart turned inside out, like its architect's heart torn out and presented, glinting with gory beads of glass. The room fell quiet. All eyes on the train of the gown that dragged with the graceful measure of a peacock's tail, out behind the screens towards the runway so heavy and fluid that it might have left behind a wipe of blood on the tiles. With a clatter, somebody dropped a tin of pins that chimed in the silence, but still the people weren't distracted. They couldn't look away. As the last few inches of embellished mousseline disappeared from view, the watchers sagged. From beyond the screens there came a collective gasp of audience breath. They cowered before the majesty of the creation in front of them. The perfect expression of heart as art. There was nobody wearing the gown. It was filled in form, but not figure. The force inside rippling its curves and swishing its train. But all the audience saw was its raw radiance. The triumph of the dress made animate by the one who brought it to life. The girl in this photograph, her name is... Wait a minute. You thought there was a face there, but you're seeing what you expected to see. Shaking the paper, the image seems to fade out like the Polaroid is still developing, evolving, even though the glossy surface is dry to the touch. There's no woman in this photograph, you fool. It's a dress on a form, a souffle of a dress with a cascading skirt of champagne-coloured chiffon-like whipped folded cream, Signed across the bottom in ballpoint, Marie Boucher. That must be the creator. The one who brought this dress to life. And what a beautiful dress it is. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Other Stories. Waste was written by D. Booth, narrated by Georgia Cook. Edited by Duncan Muggleton with music by Duncan Muggleton and Sam Robson and sound effect provided by freesound.org. The episode illustration was provided by Luke Spooner of Carry On House. A quick thanks to our community managers Joshua Boucher and Jasmine Arch and to Carolyn O'Brien for helping with our submission reading. And of course to Ben Errington for serving up content platter after content platter at his social media eatery. Compliments to the Ben. You can find more of D. Boob's work, including his cursed new novella, Cool S, at dboob.wordpress.com. 
Georgia Cook is an illustrator and writer from London. She's the winner of the LISP 2020 Flash Fiction Prize and has been shortlisted for the Bridport Prize, Stolch Book Prize and Reflex Fiction Award, among others. She can be found on Twitter at Georgia Cooked and on her website at georgiacookwriter.com. The Other Stories is a production of the Story Studio Hulk and Cleaver and is brought to you with a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. That means don't change it, don't sell it, but by all means share the hell out of it. So, until next time. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.